Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. It is that time, that time for the Run for God podcast. Now, with me this week, normally you'd see Mitchell over here, but filling in extremely last second is the better side of the Mitchell clan, Lane Hollis. Exactly. (laughs) How are you doing, Lane? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Let's talk about our sponsor for the day, Hank's Carpet and Flooring. Hank's Carpet and Flooring is your one stop for all your flooring needs. Hank stocks a huge selection of name brand flooring, carpet, luxury final plank, waterproof flooring, and the exclusive Lola Pate area rug collection. Voted North Georgia's best of the best eight straight years and People's Choice winner for the past two years. Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hank's Carpet and Flooring and Giant Showroom or hankscarpet.com for red hot deals. I think I just saw Hank's Carpet was actually listed as best of the best in Chattanooga from the Chattanooga newspaper too. So they're not only the best in Dalton, they're the best in Chattanooga as well. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. We had a Facebook post from this past week. Debbie Bunch Conway says this. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Today was race day. I woke up at three something with a headache and began praying for myself and everyone else running today. I tried to go back to sleep but couldn't. By the time my husband woke up, my headache was worse and I was nauseous. I tried Tylenol and got my coffee but wasn't able to drink much before I began vomiting. Not only had I made my mind up not to run, I wasn't even sure if I could go watch him because my head was swimming so bad. He reassured me that God had everything under control. I drank a Coke Zero, which I never do before a race, and began to feel a little better. We grabbed our stuff and headed to the race with me still doubting my ability to run. By the time the race began, I wasn't 100%, but I felt a lot better. The first song on my playlist was Run Devil Run. I ran way too fast for the first two miles. The first one was faster than my time trial earlier this weekend. The second just barely over it. I stopped twice for bathroom breaks and once to put band-aids on my foot. The last mile or so was uphill. But God, not only did I finish this race I almost didn't show up for, I have a new PR. Thank you, Run for God family, for your post and encouragement to help keep me motivated. Man, you just never know, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have the best days on the days you feel the worst. It's crazy. And I've been there. Um, I remember the when I ran my fastest marathon on the way there, we stopped at the doctor's office on the way. I felt so bad that I, I, I went by the doctor's office to get some medication. Really? Bef- on the way, yeah. Yep. And um, I, I thought, I don't know if I should try this, but I've paid for it. It's kind of a vacation thing. It was in Myrtle Beach. I was about so, to say, was that the Myrtle Beach Marathon? Yeah. Is that the one that, did you win that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was It was crazy. I had no expectation to run really well there. And uh, and then everything just came together really? on race day. That yep. is crazy. I knew you had won the Myrtle Beach Marathon. I didn't know you were in the doctor's office before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just never know, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, you drank this Coke Zero. I'm sure that some people, when they heard yeah, that, they would I don't know how in the world that happened. That that's pretty crazy. You know, in in ultra endurance races, a lot of times flat coke is a thing. Yeah, right? I do. I do like. I've been on several four or five hour bike rides, and that's one of my favorite things. Is yeah, flat coke for sure. For sure, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool story though. Uh, and then the the idea that all this encouragement led to that success is pretty cool. Yeah. So last week we had a trivia question, and this was a very simple trivia question, and um, this is what it was. Who holds the Olympic record in the marathon? And then I also followed that by saying, look at this guy's life, because it was tragic and amazing at the same time. Have you ever heard of Sammy Wanjuru? I have. I, I know him very well, but not because of this trivia question. I didn't even know that he held the Olympic record. I had just known about like his story from this book that you've read and I've read multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but How bad do you want it? Yeah. 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 
Well, Sammy Wanjuru still holds the record that was set in Beijing in 2008. He ran 206.32 on a day that was, it was hot, it was humid. There was no way anybody should have run 206.32 that day, but he did um, all by himself. Um, He was the youngest gold medal winner since 1932. And this is interesting, 2008, was the first Kenyan to win the marathon. I was about to say, I was looking at that. That seems very hard to believe. Isn't that hard to believe? very hard to believe. He was the first Kenyan to win it, for sure. Um, But Sammy had a, he he was a a junior record holder in the 10K. Um, I can't remember what his time was. It was crazy fast. He set records in the half marathon three times. Um, Maybe from a mental standpoint, the most impressive runner that ever lived. Yeah. Um, Just unbelievable. Um, you mentioned the book, how bad do you want it? He tells us, it tells a story in there and it pull up the, the video from the Chicago marathon from 2010. And it's, he's running against, uh, Kibete and Lalisa and they drop Lalisa. And then it's like two heavyweight fighters and they're just going back and forth. And it's like one of them surges and then the other one, you know, kind of drops one and then he comes back and they just go back and forth. And it's unbelievable when you know the backstory of this too, it it makes it more impressive because just watching the video is impressive. But when you know that Sammy went into this thing highly undertrained, yeah, (laughs) that he suffered so much before that, that he missed weeks of training that he had, he was overweight when he began his training um, just all sorts of crazy stuff. There was no way he could win this thing. Yeah. But he did. Yeah. Um, but part of his, part of his, that, that same thing that made him so tough mentally as a runner also gave him many other problems as a runner. Yeah. And that's why I say his life is triumphant and tragic at the same time. Sammy died at the age of 24. Um, and he died uh, when he fell from a balcony. Um, the circumstances of that were, were just tragic. It was one of those things where he was doing stuff he shouldn't have been doing, and um, he, he, wound up, he wound up hurting himself, well, killing himself accidentally. Yeah. They say accidentally. Some, some people say he did it on purpose. I, it seems more accidental. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he was an extreme guy, and because of that, he did stuff like he had, he had a drinking issue, and he had other things going on because he was so extreme about everything. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because there's another very famous runner that kind of resembles that who died at a young age. And it seems like as like endurance athletes, like I don't know. I mean, not everyone, but that seems like kind of a trend. Those like really aggressive, like go get it athletes also kind of have that in the personal life also. Well, they open themselves up to addiction. And the reason that they do that is because they they have this extreme need for this 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 whether it's adventure it's pain it's something right they, yeah. they need this extreme thing and that's why they excel at running because it's an extreme thing and so there's, there's tons and tons of stories out there where people were alcoholics and the way they got over their alcoholism was to become a runner yeah so they could focus on instead of focusing on being extreme in alcohol, they they extreme they they have this extreme focus in running. Yeah, um, it's it, it happens all the time, and um, the these these brain hacks and the way your brain works is yeah, it's just the way it works. So so yeah, so Sammy Wanjuru, interesting story, uh, tragic story at the same time, but but uh, certainly one uh, worth checking out. So go check that out. In the meantime, also check out J Radio. You know, we're sponsored by J Radio, which is the world's greatest digital music platform. Go out there and check out J Radio. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. 
All right, I'm back here with Lane Hollis. And don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you have questions and some things that we can help you about, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com, and I can try to help you with that. If you are a Run Club member especially, um, take advantage of that. If you haven't shared your story yet, we want you to share your story too because we love to share stories. We're about to share somebody's story. We want to hear yours. So, Tell us what your story is. You can go to runforgod.com and you can put your story in there. And we will be, if you're a Run Club member, you go right to the head of the line. We share your story next. So um, share your story. Now, you may be able to share your story live. You might be able to be in the studio just like Lane is right now. And we might be able to talk about your story live. That would be so much fun. If you can get here and you write a story, we can do that. So uh, reach out to us and we'll be glad to, uh, to make you a part of the Run For God podcast. So, are you worried about being faster? That's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Um, if you're not worried about that. Some people, Lane and I, we're obsessed with being as fast as we can be, right? That's yeah. what we want to yeah. do, right? But that's not the goal for everybody. And that's okay that it's not yeah. the same goal for everybody. Because maybe God has other plans. So we're going to talk about this one, uh, this story from Donna Sumrall. She's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It's called, I'll Never Be Fast. I have come to the realization that I will never be fast. I used to be at least sort of fast, but as my years have advanced, my speed has diminished. With that in mind, it would be easy to see how I would get discouraged and just give up. But then things like this happen to remind me why. Tonight, I participated in a local Go Hard, which is Hug a Runner Day, I love that, uh, event. It was only a mile run and totally for fun, but just what I needed as I start to work on getting back into running again. I started out with the other runners as they started into an easy jog. The best part was watching all the parents with their kids as they made their way around the course. Before long, I found myself running alone. I've noticed that happens a lot. There are a bunch of runners ahead of me and a few behind me, and I run alone. That's okay. To be honest, I'm kind of comfortable in, my, in that spot. I actually like running alone. It was then that I came up behind two little girls who had sped past me earlier, but now were walking. I encouraged them a couple of times to keep going. They would, of course, take off at top speed and leave me, only to have me plod back up behind them in a few seconds. <laughs> Finally, I ran alongside the smallest one. I'll call her Pink Kitty since she wore a pink kitten hat. And at this time, I told her I'd run alongside her. She started to kick on the jets again, only this time I told her to slow down. We'd just go slow. She was doing her best, but she looked up at me and said, My heart hurts. It feels like it's breaking. I nodded and said, I know, but that's just your heart growing stronger. Don't stop. Don't give up. You can do this. We ran along side by side, me talking to her uh, about her really cool hat, asking about her school, telling her she was doing great, encouraging her that she was a really fast runner for five years old, for a five-year-old. I don't think I could have run that fast when I was five, I said. She looked up at me and said, how old are you? I'm 54. Pretty old, huh? She nodded. Yes, she nodded. Funny, at that moment, it felt pretty good to be that old. <laughs> step by step, we ran together. Not much further, I said. The finish line was getting closer, and she wanted to speed up, but I told her to, back, to, to hold back until the final turn. As we approached that last turn, I told her I wanted her to run as hard as she could. I figured she'd leave me behind when she kicked in those afterburners, but we weren't done. She gave it a burst of speed, but then I could see her slowing. I had to speed up and run beside her, egging her on. That little pink kitty crossed the finish line at full speed, so proud of herself and what she had done. She finished her mile run. I have to be honest, I was pretty happy too. No, I hadn't run my fastest mile, far from it. Instead, I had helped someone else reach her goal. The Christian walk is a lot like this run. Sometimes I feel my best days are behind me. I'm not nearly as fast as I once was. Only now, I have an even better reason to run. I get to run alongside others who are just starting their race, those whose hearts feel like they're breaking, and I get to encourage them that they're just getting stronger. 
I get to talk to them a little about little things to help get their minds off the pain. I get to remind them to slow down. We'll get there one step at a time. I get to watch them do things they never thought possible and help them simply not to quit. No, I'll never be fast like some others, but this is my race, the one that allows me to meet people along the way that simply need to hear, you can do this. This is why I run this race called life. Care to join me? (laughs) Of course, at Run for God, we say that all the time. Speed's not important. Depends on your goals. We all have different goals, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Your goal is to be fast. It is. How fast do you want to be? Yes, I, I want to be a decently quick. No, I'm, I I would love to be very fast, faster than I am. All right. Um. But, yeah. And you will be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I understand what they're saying. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is pace people. I love yeah. pacing people. Yeah. And so I guess that can uh, go along with this story about helping others. Yeah, you've done it for me a couple of times. I have. That was that that one time where I paced Dean to his unbelievable breaking the state record by almost a minute was one of my favorite races. That that was it was enjoyable for me too. <laughs> it hurt like crazy, but uh it was enjoyable. Uh yeah, that was it was fun. I remember though if if you remember during that race, I remember you we were like a quarter mile from the finish line. And I, there was a guy, there, the guy that was leading the race wasn't far ahead of us. And I knew you weren't putting everything you had into it. And I'm like, I said, I said, go win. And you thought, yeah. I, you thought I said something I thought, about Yeah, <laughs> there was a headwind and I thought Dean was telling me to block the wind. <laughs> and so I got in front of him to break the wind. But I don't think, I don't, I don't think I would have tried to go for it anyways. It was uh, pretty, it's pretty fun. That was fun. That was a fun day. Yeah, I remember I wrote a story a few years ago about a time, too, when um, when I did this kind of the same thing. I was in a race, and I was just trying to run. I, it was like the week before a marathon, and thought I, I was running a half marathon. I don't remember why I was running this race in particular, but I was running it at marathon pace. So I was running it slower than what I would normally run a half marathon. And I, there was a guy running alongside of me, and um, he was kind of starting to fall back. And so I, I, I started to encourage him because I, I wasn't, you know, digging real deep. And so yeah. I started to encourage him, and, um, and and he just kept going. He kept going, and he wound up finishing well. And as we got toward the finish line, about, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away from the finish line, I said, okay, go, you know, take off. You know, and I, I just kind of backed off and let him finish well. And he wound up finishing third overall in the race. And he won a cash prize that went three deep. And really? so I was fourth. And so I didn't win the cash prize. And, you know, my first thought was, man, that's such a shame. that I, I could have won that cash prize. Yeah. But my next thought was, man, that was awesome to get a chance to help that guy do that. And he won that cash prize. Yeah. So how much cooler was that? I got something way better than money yeah. out of that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember that. Scripture reference, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Um, that's, that's verse 11, but verse 1 through 11 is interesting, um, I think. It, it's, that section's called the day of the Lord. And so I kind of wanted to read that whole thing. About the times... About the times and the seasons, brothers, you do not need anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains come on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the dark for this day to overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong in the night or in the darkness. So then we must not sleep. Uh, like the rest but we must stay awake and be serious for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but since we belong to the day we must be serious and put on the armor of faith and love on our chest and put on a helmet of hope and salvation for God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we will all live together with him therefore encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. I read all that because uh, it's important to understand what we're being 
told to encourage each other about. Yes, we need to encourage each other when it comes to running and other things and activities and in general general life. But what he's talking about here is this great hope that we have in Christ, right? Um, don't forget who we are is what he's saying. We are, uh, we have this great future and we have this great thing that's going to happen and we need to continuously remind each other of that, right? <laughs> Building each other up is just one of those things that we're, we're called to do. Um, the people on the Facebook page. Yeah, on the Run Club Facebook page. They do a really, really good job of that, right? Yeah. Um, and how often do you, you know, you're in a race and you, you feel terrible and then you run by somebody, somebody calls your name. Makes you feel better, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it immediately yeah, it picks you up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Hebrews 10, 22 through 25. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner for some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're supposed to be together building each other up, right? Yes. So, don't you love part of the part of the fun? I'm sure for you now. Last year you were running at at the high school, and yeah, you ran a lot of runs by yourself. I did because you had to. Yeah, because there was nobody to run the pace that you needed to run. This year you're running a lot of runs with with other guys, right? Yes. Um, and yeah. there's just there's some enjoyment in that, isn't there? Yeah, there is, and. There's there's enjoyment because you get to, you know, you get to talk and whatever, but there's also just like a exiting of the mind. I guess you don't have to consciously, you don't have to consciously push your body to run, um, especially if you're not, especially if you're not feeling it. Because if if I mean if you're not feeling well or you like don't want to run. Then it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty difficult to run by yourself. It's yeah. a constant push. But yeah, um, being together and building people up is, is helps in every aspect of life. Yeah, yeah. I like this phrase in this verse. It says, um, "Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works." Normally, when we think of that word, when we think of stirring things up, we think of bad yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but this is a good stir. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a neat picture of how we're to encourage one another. And then um, sometimes encouragement comes in ways that are more negative, right? But they're um, I, I, somebody uh, somebody recently sent me an email trying to encourage me, um, and the email was was about something that I wasn't doing. That if I did, it would be good. If I did this thing, well, that's a negative thing, right? To call somebody yeah. out for not doing something. Yeah. But it was a very it was it was positively received, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't the overriding sentiment was let if you if we can do the if we can do this it'd be better right yeah um, so it was yeah. sent in, in a good way and so I think sometimes we neglect that the idea of building each other up is is in telling us we can do it but it's also in saying not allowing excuses not allowing us to, yeah. to slack off or whatever that case may be right yeah um, yeah and I feel like some people may read into that and think it's uh uh negative like some people may look at it and say well that person's rude or or mean but most of the time a lot of times if it's someone you're close to it's simply just a reminder or constructive you know criticism but um but yeah i think that's good yeah yeah we don't like correction but we we sometimes really need it yeah question who can you encourage today? <laughs> well, let me ask this. Do we need to purposefully look for people to encourage? Do you think we need to go out and, and purposefully look for people to encourage? Or do we just need to encourage the ones that are in front of us? I think, I think we need to go out and yeah. look for people. I think, that's, I think that's important because if you do a very good job with the people around you, you may, you may run out of people. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think we could miss somebody that's right in front of us if we're looking out here? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's why uh, it it's uh, important to maybe the people around you, maybe more so, but at some point you do need to go out um, because the people around you is only a certain amount of people, whereas, you know, we're called to go out into the world. and It's true. Know, you think, I think a lot of times God brings you the ones too that need encouragement. They they just show up, right? Yeah. They just they just they're right there, you know. And yeah. you realize, oh, they they were put there for a reason. Yeah. Right? Um, I know. I, I watch Debbie whenever we go. If we're if we're let's say we're going through the the store and we're in line and we get to the checkout area and that clerk is extra friendly. Well, Debbie's going to tell that clerk, "You're doing a great job." I appreciate your smile or something like that because that's an important thing and people need to hear that. People need to be encouraged by that. And I'm telling you, you know, you know how that works. Yeah. Somebody tells you that and it's going to make you, it's going to make you work that much harder and that much better. Right. So, um, I like to do that too. I like to encourage folks. And I heard somebody one time give an example. I'm talking about how when you go to a restaurant, if you want good service, he says, here's what he does. If he wants good service, He'll bring that he'll bring that uh, waiter or waitress over initially and say, "Okay, I want to tell you this. I want to give you a really good tip today, and I know you're going to do a great job and you're going to earn a really good tip today. So thank you ahead of time for doing such a great job today." <laughs> and he said, inevitably, that person would smile, and of course, they would do a great job because yeah. they would be they would they would think, "Oh, he's probably going to leave me a big tip," yeah. and of course, he would. Because yeah. he kind of announced it up front and and kind of made a promise, yeah. Uh, but he also got fantastic service when he yeah. did that. But that's just encouraging somebody ahead of time, right? Yeah, it is. It's really yeah. all that is. Um, yeah. And then the other thing that you do that that is completely missed oftentimes is if I'm in line with Debbie, she's encouraging that clerk. Well, I see that too, and that's encouraging to me just to see somebody else being encouraged. And yeah. so encouragement is really infectious. Yeah, I'm, it is. I really think it is. Um, yeah. So if you know somebody who, who needs encouragement today, maybe you need to make a phone call. Maybe there's somebody who God has put on your heart right now to encourage. Next question. As you run this race of life, what things discourage you? Okay. Busyness. Just so much to do right yes yeah. sometimes um sometimes people and sometimes things come up right out of the blue like sometimes yeah. somebody will call you and say hey <laughs> could you go do a podcast yeah right in the middle of yeah. the day yeah um <laughs> that makes that makes life hard doesn't it yeah um and it's yeah. it's easy to get discouraged by those things but it's, it can also be um it can also be an encouraging thing to get through those things too the yeah, things that discourage definitely. us, I think. Um, yeah, sometimes you work real hard to get a lot of things done. Um, you, you, you're you working your tail off. You know, you're just, you got all these things going on. And you, you think, I'm going to go home. I'm going to put my legs up for a minute. And then as you drive into the driveway, you realize, I got to cut the grass. I don't have time for that. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's just, it's exasperating sometimes because you're so you get so busy um but you know you can you can look at those things differently because i can look at that that opportunity the the need to cut the grass is oh it's, oh gosh i gotta go cut the grass or i can say you know what during while i'm cutting the grass i can put my headphones on and i can listen to a podcast that i need to, that i want to listen to yeah that's a positive way to look at something negative right yeah, yeah um, so is. there's there's a way to take your busyness and make it more positive um, <coughs> and I, another thing that I think is, is really discouraging to people. And we know this from a scientific standpoint, social media. Um, yes. Some yeah. studies have come out recently that said that how destructive, um, Instagram is to, um, to uh, girls in particular. Yeah. Uh, it, that's sad. And why is yeah. it? Because we're constantly comparing ourselves. Yeah. Why is it so hard not? Why can't we stop comparing ourselves to others? 
I don't know. It's a it's a very good question, and yeah, I think it's interesting that like um. Yeah, I just think the whole thing is interesting with Instagram and Facebook and how much it does affect, especially younger kids nowadays with comparing and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, and for a lot of people, for a lot of people like exercise, like if you're a runner, a lot of times you look online and you see somebody else running really well. Yeah. And, you know, you could look online and go, why can't I be Joshua Chepta guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, my that actually reminds me, what it's not Instagram, but there's a thing here in, I don't know if it's just in Georgia, Mile Split. Yeah. I guess that's a It's all over thing. the country, yeah. Um, it's just a, I mean, it's just a website that has, you know, all the high school <laughs> cross-country times. Basically, anybody who runs for some sort of school, they're on Mile Split. And my friend, Dean knows the friend, my friend would, before every single race, he would be, I mean, like you think some people compare on Instagram, this guy <laughs> would psych himself out so much on Mile Split just from comparing people. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, so it, that's an interesting thought too, right? Because a lot of times when we think about comparison, we... We think about Instagram. We think about girls comparing themselves to what other girls look like yeah. a lot of times. But it goes way deeper than that. A lot of times yeah. it's it's because somebody else has a thing. You yeah, know, They've got this special thing that costs a lot of money, and we're jealous of that thing. And yeah. so that causes us problems. But lots of, lots of time, lots of different things. But that's why our our facebook group is, is so good for each other because they none yeah. of them are judgmental they don't seem to be comparing themselves to other when somebody does do it everybody calls them out yeah and says hey cut that out yeah you're you're somebody uh yeah so that, that that's important um yeah i just had a conversation with a lady yesterday who was she's gone through some really really tough things this year i mean very legit really life-changing hard things she's been through this year and and I, I i was trying to encourage her and this is another one of those ways you encourage somebody in a negative way so i said to her i said uh because uh, she was telling me about those things and i was saying yeah sometimes you just gotta look on the positive side of, of things even when things are bad and i said I, you know like like my son and i went over and talked about daniel who now can't walk all of a sudden He's 42 years old and he can't walk. Yeah. And we're not even sure what happened exactly to cause it and how his whole life just changed suddenly. And, um, you know, she looked at me and she goes, man, I'm going to quit complaining. Because she, she, she compared herself to somebody who was in a more negative situation than herself and thought, yeah. wow, I'm really kind of fortunate yeah. to be where I am. Yeah. And there's always somebody out there. There's always a way worse situation and there's always a reason to be thankful for what we do have. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point. Like there's always for most people, for the vast majority of people in any situation, there is almost always a worse situation. Oh yeah. Like there's almost in every case scenario something to compare to that's worse that can flip your mindset about whatever you're going through yeah for sure i watch debbie my wife you know i watch her she has to do extra things every single day for her breathing and for her lungs every day and then in the meantime i'm going out and hammering my lungs by running for an hour every yeah. day right and it seems so unfair yeah and then we complain about how bad we felt on the run. Like, I just don't, <laughs> right. I just yeah. don't understand what happened on that run, but in reality, does it even matter? Yeah. You, you know, I've been sick for the last week. Right. And yeah. so for the last week, um, I keep, I, I catch myself. I'll say this, I'll say, <coughs> I'll say something like, man, I'm having a hard time breathing. And then I'll look over at Debbie and I'll go, you don't know what that's like, do you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's kind of a running joke between us. And, yeah. um, but the but the truth is is she's so uh she's so encouraging to me to watch her go through all of that and still be positive. Yeah. And so you can have a big impact on others around you when you do take those things that are hard and um and realize what a what a a, a positive situation you have rather yeah. than negative. Uh, another question. What do you share with others that gives you the greatest joy? 
<laughs> for me, it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, I mean, I just love sharing running stuff, whether it's a story about running or it's just facts or it's trying to help somebody through a, a tough situation or I just, I'd love to see people do well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. we, you know, we've had time, those times where, um, you know, you've had a realization as an athlete and things just came together and it worked yeah. really well. And it's just, those are the things I love to see to the things that, that you feel like you had a, a part in at least. Uh, yeah. I, I got an email recently from somebody, they were struggling with something and, um, I sent her back a reply and after I sent it, I thought, I wondered if I should have sent that. Cause it was kind of, it was kind of in her, in your face, kind yeah. of a, you know, I, I just think, I think you just got to try harder. Basically yeah. it's almost what I was saying. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't say it in that way, but it, yeah. in a more positive way, but it was like, I thought, uh, should I have sent it? You know, yeah. after I sent it, well, the next day I got a reply back from her. And it was a great reply. She went out and did exactly what I, what I said I thought she should do. Turned out great. Those are the things that I love and yeah. the things that I live for. Are those times when you challenge somebody and then it, it turns out great. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Um, of course, if you've ever been a part of uh, helping somebody come to Christ at all, there's nothing in the world that can take the place of that. Nothing. I remember my youngest son, I shared with him for over a year of what it meant to be saved. And, and there was this, this feeling that he didn't quite understand it. And this, this, these conversations went back and forth. And he was a really, really smart kid, but he didn't quite grasp it. And so all I could do during that, that year was just kind of be encouraging, explain it to him, kind of, and then eventually he got it. Um, and of course, he was saved on my front porch of my house. Really? And, yep. And it was um, it took it took some encouragement along the way. Yeah. But in the end, I wouldn't I wouldn't save that three minutes of prayer on my front porch for anything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, I'm back with Lane Hollis. Did you see the Boston Marathon? I um, I did not. Did I, I, I knew it was coming up, but it was one of those things where it just completely was not in my head. But no, I did not see it. Man, did did you see anything about it afterwards? No, not really. C.J. Albertson, do you know that name? Probably I've heard not. Albertson. Have you? I don't know that first name though. Well, C.J. went out crazy hard, and halfway through the race, he was leading by over two minutes in the Boston Marathon. It's probably the biggest lead anybody's ever had for the first half of any world major. Yeah, uh, since the world majors became what they call the world majors. Yeah, um, it was crazy. He just went out and just hammered it from the beginning, and it was his birthday that day. Really? And when when he first went out, I thought, "What's he doing? What is he doing?" And it, but he just he just kept on going and he kept on going and he it's like, well, the, the leaders finally passed him at like twenty miles. It took them until like twenty miles to finally catch him. And it, it was just, man, it took some guts for him to do that. It was pretty yeah. cool to watch. Yeah, I'm going to have to go watch it now. I had no clue that that, yeah, that it, happened. Well, and then in the end, he winds up finishing in the top 10, too. It's like you would think at that point in time, yeah. okay, he's dead. You know, he's done. Yeah. But he fought back and still finished. I think he finished in like 211. Something really? Like that. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really, really cool to watch. It took some gut, but it had to hurt. You yeah. know that had to hurt. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine, um, but it kind of reminded me of you know we watch cycling races. You you know yeah. you love the Tour de France and watching those guys. 
watching somebody do a breakaway. Yeah, and see if they could get away with it. Yeah, those are pretty exciting. I feel like I feel like it's a little bit more uh, uh, common in cycling. I mean, pretty much every single stage of the tour, there is a break. Yeah. Um, you know, an hour into the race, you know, every stage of the tour is pretty much a five and a half hour race. Yeah. Every day for twenty one days, um, and there is always a group of people that is just out there, just yeah. taking the gamble every day. Yep. And maybe they'll they'll be two or three times in the three weeks where it'll last. But yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't happen very often in running. But every once in a while, somebody yeah. does get away with it, and so it was pretty cool. <coughs> a couple other, <coughs> a couple one of the other cool things that happened in this race was, um, you know, who Shalane Flanagan is right. Yes. Yeah, Shalane is running all the world marathon majors. Right, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So she ran. The Chicago Marathon on Sunday, and then ran the Boston Marathon on Monday. Really? What yes. did she? What was? Do you know what her time ended up being in the Boston I, Marathon? I do. She ran two thirty nine at Boston and two forty. Excuse me, two two forty at Boston, two thirty nine in Chicago. That I mean, that's crazy. That is, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty darn good. And she she had already run. What was it? Um, the London Marathon, like a week or two before yeah. that, and and she ran it like two thirty five. So, oh yeah, my she, goodness, that is that you is know, crazy. She's, she's over forty years old now. Yeah, and, I mean, she's just and she's not she's not really running professionally right now, is she? She's no, retired. No, but I've seen some places where she'll get in workouts with some of the professional runners because she oh, helps okay. coach them. Yeah. And she gets in there and does some of the workouts with them. So she stays really, really fit. Yeah. But, okay. yeah, she's not in not in top-notch shape, and she's still doing that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool to watch. All right, it's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you like Tess? No. No, no Tess. What about trivia contests? You like those? Uh, not not a huge. Are you fan. not a trivia guy? No, man. All right, so let's uh, let's let's. A lot of people are are no test, but I like trivia. So we're gonna go over this story called "This Is Not a Test." Do you like to take tests? The answer to that question probably depends on the context of the situation. For example, most people don't like the idea of taking a test for school. Yet most people like trivia questions. The test in school makes us anxious and we worry about our performance, but the trivia questions are usually done for fun, so we enjoy the experience. Who among us does not get a little nervous any time we must answer questions when there are consequences for our responses? Many of us take online courses for our job or perhaps to continue a certification. In most cases, we know all the material, but we can't help but worry as soon as we see the questions pop up. What if there are trick questions? What if I miss something in the video? After all, my mind did wander a bit while I was watching it. What, what do they need to test me on things they know I know? Um, this just seems like a total waste of my time. In general, we just dislike testing for knowledge. On the other hand, most of us love trivia questions. I've watched many cross-country teams play trivia games on the bus on the way home for, just for fun. When you go out to eat and there's a device on your table for answering trivia questions, we all want to jump in, don't we? At a minimum, we watch the screens and answer the trivia questions as they come up. And we all know who Alex Trebek was for a reason. But isn't trivia just a test? Yes, that's exactly what it is. So maybe we don't like, we don't dislike testing for knowledge. It's all about the stakes, isn't it? On the one hand, we feel pressure to make the grade when we know it means something. On the other hand, we're just having fun and there are no consequences for an incorrect answer. The difference isn't quite as stark as our brain makes us feel, but there is a difference for sure. I submit to you that many people go into, a, into race day thinking the result is much like the classroom test. They put pressure on themselves to perform, and that pressure makes the day less satisfying, doesn't it? We love it when the test is over, so all we think about is getting the race over with, right? Isn't that the way you, you're thinking about race day? Maybe the answer to more satisfying races is thinking about your race differently. 
Perhaps you should look at your race less as a test and more as a game. What if you were to begin looking at a race like trivia night instead of test day? It could change your experience entirely. Race day is meant to be the fun part of our running. Look at it that way and watch the anxiety melt away. Maybe we should look at all our challenges differently. James says to consider it a great joy when we experience trials. He goes on to say that those trials produce endurance. That endurance allows us to mature in our faith and gets us to a point where we are, as James said, complete, lacking nothing. If testing our faith helps us, then doesn't it make sense that if we change the way we approach a race, we can enjoy them more because it is an opportunity to test our fitness? Look at them more like a game than a test. It's time we start approaching them that way. What okay, do you think about I'm, that? I'm going to have to go back on what I said. Yeah, this is a, this is the first time I've seen any of this. Um, <laughs> you have to remember. So I will go back and say that, yes, trivia, gamifying, no stakes, questions, they are a lot more fun than, than tests. And I understand completely um, – what this is saying because some of my best not I don't want to say some of my best performances have been no stakes but some of my I feel like when there's high stakes there's no there's almost there's no room for in between and that's what's very stressful you either are on top of the mountain you do amazing or you just bomb and it's awful Um, and so yeah some of my best most comfortable enjoyable performances have been when there's no stakes and you're just going out and you ever have one of those days when though when you're you're when the stakes are high and it is an important race but you still have that calm confident feeling yes and isn't that an amazing it is it's it's great it's i guess one of the most important times it happened was and this there's some other circumstances that go into this because there was other factors but my first college cross country race i had approximately zero nerves at all and there were some other factors but it i just feel like with triathlons there's with triathlons there's like there's like six big ones a year and you have to just kill those and that's what i've known for like the past long time so anything other than that um just feels great it just feels like there's no there's not pressure and i think i think perception um can go into that go into how much stakes there is like if you, if one thing is high stakes but you go off and you do something else that is even bigger and better once you come back to that it's like oh this is this is not that big of a deal yeah, yeah. um but yeah i have had those times where it's like a big a big race and you're like this this just doesn't feel as nerve-wracking as it should yeah um that's good when it feels that way though you know uh i think that's part of the reason why i'm a runner is because for whatever reason i can i can focus myself as a runner properly in a race situation in a high pressure situation from a running standpoint i usually produce fairly well when the pressure is on and somehow or another, I'm able to relax and, and do that. But when it comes to other sports, I remember playing basketball when I was a kid. I couldn't shoot a free throw. <laughs> now, if it was not game time, I could shoot free throws all day long. Yeah. You put me in a game, and I just – the adrenaline of holding the ball in my hands and knowing the game was on the line or whatever, I couldn't I couldn't hit a free throw. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, that's just kind of a – it's an anxiety thing that yeah. you get. And, yeah, it uh, is. It, it it was it was really really hard for me, but when it came to, when it's come to running, it's always been when the gun goes off, all the nerves go away and everything goes back to yeah. I feel good and everything works out. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting um, talking point. Is just like just nerves and anxiety associated with race because every everybody's different. I used to be I used to be bad bad with pre-race anxiety especially when i was 13 14 15 years old i feel like i've gotten better at it now a lot better since i was you know that young um but yeah it's crazy sometimes even used to i would get nervous during the race if i was doing good it's a very weird it's it was 
very weird how it would happen, but mm-hmm. I would be in the race, halfway through the race, and if I was doing good, I would get nervous because like I gotta I gotta hang on to this. I gotta <laughs> hang on. Um, but yeah, or worried maybe about something's gonna go south any minute. Now. Yeah, it's all this is all gonna go away. Right? Yeah, because you still I mean halfway through you still got you know thirty minutes left. And you're like, oh my goodness, I feel so good, but anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that when I ran that half marathon we were talking about a little while ago, that that uh, Myrtle Beach Marathon. I ran that race, and I had arm warmers on and because it was really chilly at the start. And I remember running, my goal was to run at a, at a at, I was, I was going to run at 6.15 pace. That was my goal. And so I, I did that for the first 10K. And then in the seventh mile, I accidentally ran like six minutes. And I thought, Ugh, I didn't need to do that. And then the eighth mile was right around six minutes. And then it was like it, all of a sudden, all that felt comfortable to me. And I thought, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna settle into this, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle this. Yeah. But in the meantime, I took my arm warmers off, and I was busy searching for Debbie on the sideline because she was supposed to be there. Well, I never saw her. I just looked for her the whole time. And I, and I realized after looking for her up until about 14, 15 miles that I thought this, the last few miles have gone by, I haven't even really paid attention to it. It's everything's gone so well that it hasn't even, it hasn't even dawned on me the, the pace I'm running. Yeah. And, and I just kept going. And then I thought, well, all right, you've been running too fast. It's all going to catch up. And then it didn't. Yeah, and then I got another mile in, and it still didn't catch me. And then I got another mile in, and it still didn't. And I'm like, it's got to hit me sooner or later. Yeah, and then it never did. <laughs> and yeah. I, I wound up running the last mile was my fastest mile. Really? Yeah. So um, sometimes it just works that way. Yeah. Where, but you got to be relaxed enough to let that happen too. Yeah. I kept thinking it was coming, but it wasn't an anxious thought. Yeah. You know, it was more of a, all right, I'll be ready for it when it gets here. Yeah. But then it was a surprise that it never got there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Consider it all joy. when you, And th- this concept of looking at a race like it's a trivia contest rather than a test, don't you think that's a great thought? Yeah. I don't know yeah. why that came to me, but it, it did. And I thought, that's the difference. Because they really, a test and a trivia contest, they're the same thing. Yeah, it really is. There's yeah. these, there's these, of course, I'm sure like the kids would know, but there's these things that they use in school, like Kahoot is one of them. Um, there's these websites that they just, it's like they gamify questions. Yeah. And, you know, teachers will pl- like play Kahoots in the classroom and it's a quiz, but it's actually pretty fun to play. And it's weird. It's weird how your brain just doesn't like it, it, it like separates the two trivia and test, but in reality, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You, from a, from a, College standpoint, for me, I remember I was not a very good student. My first couple of years at college were abysmal. <laughs> and um, But all I did to change that was to change the way I looked at college. It was like I went from this is something I have to do and I have to slog through and get through to, yeah. hey, this is pretty cool. I'm going to earn a degree here if I can get my yeah. – And you know what? Some of this stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah. And and once I realized this wasn't just something to memorize, but it was interesting and could be useful to me, it all changed. And I became one of the best students yeah. at that point in time because I changed yeah. my mind. Yeah, I think that's really important. One like side note about that is that actually happened. I mean, when you're in high school, you've been through nine years minimum of school. And like in school in America is school. I mean, it's school. And nobody likes school and so when i was a 11th 12th grader i was in this history class and i kind of took took a step back i was like this is a like i watched a video one day i was on youtube and i watched a video one day and i was like this is a very interesting video i'm really into this i'm learning something it was something about history i was like this is a this is interesting i like this and i realized i'm learning this in school and so it, it took me back and i you just have to take a step back, and sometimes those stuff is like actually interesting. Yeah, if you can get away from the school part, but it's it's all in your frame of reference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. 
You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back again with Lane Hollis. And, um, you know, they have a new study about the super shoes. Really? Are you interested in hearing what it said? Very interested. I'm yeah. surprised I haven't heard about it. Well, here, here's what it said. It said basically Nike and Asics are way ahead of everybody else. That those two shoes are clearly, performance-wise, better than anybody else. And that there are a couple that are definitely performance-enhancing, that, that definitely yeah. help, like uh, I think Saucony. They didn't test Adidas, first of all. That's important to note um, because they couldn't, they weren't available or something at the time. But yeah. um, Saucony and New Balance, I think, said <clears throat> they were helpful, but not as good. And then the others, they said, no different. Really? Yes. And they said that what they found was when you took the, the, the Nike – and you took the carbon plate out of it, and you took, let's say, one of these other shoes, and you took the carbon plate out of it, no difference. Um, in other words, the the complete difference between the Nike shoe and the Asics shoe from, let's say, the uh, Brooks shoe, which I said I think they decided wasn't, uh, and I don't want to slander Brooks, but, you know, that's, that's just the study. Yeah. Um, they said that if, if you took the 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 carbon the entire difference is based on the foam and not the carbon plate really i mean i think it's easy to believe because i mean that then i haven't tried any of the other shoes but that nike foam is pretty impressive but but that is interesting that there's no difference or like the brooks for example doesn't make a difference well i'm not saying that the, the i think the carbon plate helps but it doesn't the the amount the little bit that it does help isn't isn't any different in other words the nike shoes without the plates would still be very helpful oh okay does that that make sense yeah yeah so um and here this is also an interesting thing that i learned in researching this a little bit further was that the nike foam and the saucony foam is the same foam really it's made out of the same thing but they're obviously compounded just a little bit differently yeah, and Nike has gotten it more right. I was about than to say, yeah. yeah, I was about to say because that Nike foam is obviously a little bit, yeah, a little bit more. Uh, that Saucony foam is a little bit more firm, yeah, um, than the Nike foam. Your Nike foam is very like, yeah, squishy and responsive. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, interesting, interesting thoughts yeah. on the super shoes. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I wear the Sauconies. I'm convinced they help me. I don't care about anybody, any any of the others at this point in time because yeah. <laughs> uh, I know they help, and that's all I care about. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, trivia question for this week. Who is the person who has the most sub-four-minute miles? Do you have any idea who it is? Don't say it. I don't have an idea who it is, but I feel like it's someone that you would like never guess. Like I don't feel like it's a world renowned oh. like world record holder. He is a world renowned runner. Oh really? But he may have been world renowned a while ago. So uh yeah. And here's the other question to go along with it. This is to make it more interesting. The guy who does have the most sub four minute miles also was instrumental in inventing a new sport. Really? That now is not really around anymore. But it was very interesting at the time, and he made it very interesting. And so what was that sport as well? So now you're intrigued, aren't you? Yeah, uh-huh. I yeah. am. <laughs> uh, all right. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. Um, and we're going to share this week 
The reason why running is so awesome is this. Um, audiobooks. <laughs> yes. You know, running is awesome for listening to audiobooks, right? It is. It's a great time to listen to actually a wide variety of things. There's other things you can listen to, too, but it's a great time for that. Sometimes we have a hard time finding time for for things like that. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a person who just feels like you're so busy you don't have time to sit down and read, well, audiobooks are a great way to to catch up and and yeah. it's not as I don't think it's as good as reading, but it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty yeah. Good. Or if you just don't like reading, I'm not yeah. talking about myself, but <laughs> but if you just don't like reading, um, but yeah. Yeah. There's no way that I could get all the information that I that I get without running because I listen to some podcasts and some other things. And a, a lot of what I listen to, I, I can't, I get while I'm running. Yeah. And so I, I'm a more informed person. Yeah. Because I'm a runner. Yeah. Motivational thought of the week comes from Thomas Jefferson. Nothing can stop the man with the right mental attitude from achieving his goal. Nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong attitude. Isn't that so true? Yeah, it is. Attitude, yeah. the attitude with which we do things means everything for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, having a positive attitude means a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've all seen that guy who um, just can't ever be positive about anything. Yeah. And he's definitely. suffering all the time. He's always unhappy. Yeah. yeah. And the only, the only person who can fix that is himself. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. Yep. No matter how many times you say it. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right, everybody. You're doing great. Um, keep up the great work. Um, and, and keep watching for Lane on the, on the cross country course. You're going to be, uh, what's your next race? Coming it up? is tomorrow, actually. All right. We're going to be in, I think it's Cookville. Cookville, Tennessee. At Tennessee Tech. All right. So. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck on that race. Hope that goes well. Thank you. By the time yeah. this comes out, we will know. Yeah. If you did well or not. So, yes, we will. are you optimistic? I am optimistic. All right. It's actually technically my first college race. Right. So, um, gonna be awesome. All right, everybody, keep up the great work. May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.